Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible in the Gospel of John, right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. Once again, you are eternally connected. Thank you so much for joining us. Eternally connected to our God and Father and Creator through His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and His Word that He has given to us. I am Pastor Eric J. from St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska, joined in studio, as always, by my good friends Chip Thompson, Jason Eisenman, as we continue to work our way through the Gospel of John. And uh, happy uh, post-4th of July, but yet still 4th of July, because the fireworks haven't stopped yet celebration, guys. I was just going to bring that up. (laughs) Uh, We're still hearing some popping. Uh, We don't hear any right at this second no. uh, in the studio, but uh, we're pretty insulated in here. But yes, when is it t- like? When is it the day that they're not allowed to do that? Anymore? Well, technically, it's the day after, I think, or th- the second day after. But yeah, that it, it it's kind of like speeding. Nobody pays attention <laughs> to the the limit. And if you're getting in the to the detailed weeds, where I live, you can light fireworks off all year round. We don't have any, you know, being your in the dogs country. must love in the that. country. We, we don't have any rules other than uh, after 10 o'clock at night, you know, there's a noise. Nobody orders. has children, right? <clears throat> Nobody has the need to, to put little babies down, apparently. Yeah. But you wouldn't think. Did you guys uh, have a good celebration? Did you do anything? I know it's awkward that 4th of July is like not on a weekend. This so time. Uh, our family did our major 4th of July celebration on Sunday. And uh, we had a nice, you know, just lake day, a bunch of swimming and stuff, and took it easy on the actual 4th, so that was our... And that was still somewhat temperate weather Yeah, before it got yeah, it crazy was, hot. We had, a, we had a good time. Good. And, yep. you know, there's all sorts of uh, various community celebrations with great fireworks shows that yeah. do a really good job that we, that we enjoyed a few of those. Awesome. Well, and just like Memorial Day... My favorite part of the whole holiday was the fact that I got to take a couple of days off <laughs> and just not do a whole lot. Chill out, huh? So, yeah, it was great. Well, speaking of fireworks, uh, fireworks are still going off here, uh, celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ at the end of the Gospel of John. We are in chapter 21, the final chapter of the Gospel of John. We're about a third of the way through. Uh, don't think we'll finish it today. So this is the penultimate episode of the Gospel of John. Um So we're in chapter 21, continuing to make our way through, and we're looking at Jesus and Peter together um, after Peter's denial and Jesus kind of reconciling Peter back to himself after that. So we're going to look at that starting in verse 15 of chapter 21 after Chip prays for us. Lord, you're the author of life and all knowledge. Grant us the ears to hear and the hearts to receive your gracious words today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
So Jesus has risen. He has risen indeed. He's appeared to Mary Magdalene. He's appeared to a group of the disciples without uh, Judas Iscariot, without Thomas, and then with Thomas, um, and has revealed his pierced hands and his feet, invited Thomas to touch them to prove that he is physically resurrected from the dead. This is not an apparition or a phantom or a ghost. This is really Jesus himself. Uh, And then, as we talked about last week, uh, he proved that even further by eating a meal with them. He made them breakfast. He made them breakfast, yeah, and even uh, invited them to participate with him uh, in the resurrection itself, in the power of that resurrection, um, bringing them back to that first call to make them fishers of men. Uh, And we pointed out the commonalities between that first miracle of the catch of fish and then this one that brings to a close the Gospel of John. And then after all of that, Peter jumping out of the boat, you know, putting his, his, uh, his best foot forward first all the time, <clears throat> uh, Jesus is going to pull Simon aside, Peter aside, and uh, have a very uh, loving yet difficult conversation with Peter. Right. Picking up in verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. The sheep, I'm assuming, are people. Mm-hmm. Okay. His, his disciples, the ones that he has brought to faith, yes. And truthfully, it took me a few minutes to put that together as you read that. Uh, you know. Okay. And then... Going back to 15, at the end of verse 15, do you love me more than these? Mm-hmm. I was a little lost by these. Mm-hmm. Who do you think those are? I, you know, other disciples? Yeah, they're the only ones present, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I just mean, a really odd way of referring to something. Yeah, but if you're Peter, not really, because you don't have to go too far back to chapter 13 after they had the Lord's Supper, Judas Iscariot left the building, and what did Peter assure Jesus of? Even if all the rest of these disciples abandon you, I will never abandon you. Even if all these other guys do it. See, Peter was was finding his value, finding his worth, finding his status before God through a game of comparison. I think that's pretty common today. Of course it is. Yeah, this is a conversation the Lord can have with pretty much any of us, right? Uh, Do you love me? Well, yeah, well, what do you mean by that? Do you love me more than these? And you could put anything into that blank, right? I mean, Martin Luther. The term love is subjective, you know, it's broad and how do you define it and how do you separate it from your wife to the lord you know it's all it all it's all the same in in my eyes 
Well, you don't love your wife like you love pizza, I hope, right? It's not all the same. No. I mean, you bring up a good point there, but I was making more of a comparison from people to people. Oh. I was thought, I was thinking he was about to ask, well, it depends on which brand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stuff Dada. Stuff crust or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you have a good point that the love is subjective, but I would say that love is only subjective insofar as how you define what it is. So most people, I think, would define love as an emotion, an experience, uh, something that you do. But the Bible defines love completely differently. It doesn't define it as an adjective. It doesn't define it as a verb. First John 4 says God is love. Just like life is not a source, life is not a power, life is not some energy, life has an author, as you said in your prayer, Chip. Life is a person. Love is a person. It has a genesis, right? Love just doesn't exist because. If God is love, then we can start to have an objective definition of it, and I think that's what Jesus is getting at. Peter, do you love me more than anything else, more than those emotions that made you run away, more than your pride, more than these other disciples you're comparing yourself to? If you love me, then as Luther would define the first commandment in his small catechism, to have no other gods before God means to love God with all your strength, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and to fear, love, and cherish him above everything else. Does this tie back into the same conversation we had a long time ago about being able to truly love others, you have to first receive God's love? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what Peter's about to receive. you got to understand, Peter no doubt is carrying around an elephant on his back. Sure. Right, he denied his Lord three times. Right, the rooster crowed just like Jesus said, and there's no doubt. And you can see it right back in verse uh, seventeen. After the third time Jesus asked him, the bells went off in Peter's head. Is it the the is it the way that he asked him the third time tying back to the the denial three yeah. times? Yeah, and that's when Peter it says he was grieved because he said to him the third time, "Do you love me?" Right, and and it's interesting. We certainly don't have time in the, the twenty-eight minutes or however long we have for the show here to break all of this down. But Peter's answers, right? The Lord pretty much asks the same question each time. Mm-hmm. Peter goes from "Yes, Lord, you know that I love you," and he says that twice. Then, when you find that third time, Peter realizes that maybe he doesn't even understand what the Lord's asking. And so he bends the knee. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. That's it. That's where Jesus was leading Peter to. Our salvation is not based in our love for God. And this is this is runs contrary to the American gospel in in every way. Right. We are not saved because of the quality of our love for God, our commitment to God, our the quality of our faith. No, we, we have to bend the knee to God and say, God, you know my heart better than I know my heart. And the only reason I believe is because of you. You know everything. You know that I love you in a way that even I don't know that I love you. 
That's the total surrender. I think that's what Jesus meant when he told the disciples, which would have really bothered them, by the way. Unless you become like an infant, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because, uh, as we know, a couple weeks ago we finished Vacation Bible School yep. at St. Mark. Yep. And Which went fantastic. Shout it, out to DCE Lydia. Indeed. Thanks, Lydia. You did great. The... Uh, one of the lessons uh, brought to mind uh, Psalm 139, where David is talking about how God knew every one of our days before they were even born, mm-hmm. and he could see everything. And, you know, when we were working with the kids to get them to understand that, we talked about how, how you know, you don't have to worry about having to think about making your heart beat. Is my, is my heart beating? God takes care of that for you. You don't have to think about it because God loves you. Mm-hmm. And that that whole idea that God knew us before we were born, in fact, God knew us before the foundations of the world, that's that, that omniscience. That's the big word that we used with the kids, yeah. that he knows everything. He just Peter just said, you know everything. Yeah, and, and that's how, why we can trust and rely on mm-hmm. God. And one of the things... We stressed in our in our group sessions together that I think is not just a message for kids, uh, but it's a message for every child of God who who does become an infant in the hands of a creator. It's a terrifying thing, which is why I think most people don't stop and do it, to think about the fact that God sees and knows everything. There is nothing hidden from him. You, he knows you better than you know yourself, and if I'm honest, what I know about myself isn't too hot. Right, yep. And that can be a terrifying prospect that God knows all until you get to Psalm 139 and other passages that, yeah, he saw this. He saw all the sin. He saw all the mess. He saw all the brokenness, all the wickedness, and what he chose to do instead was come here himself to be denied himself, die himself, conquer the grave so that he could bring us that forgiveness and assurance. And so now, now I, I have the joy of just being laid bare before the Lord. And if Peter was going to lead others as the rock of the church, to believe in Jesus, that vulnerability had to be there. And that's one of the big things I always touch on in this passage is vulnerability. That is what faith is. That's what Jesus ties to uh, trust and salvation. When I don't remember which episode, it was before we started John, so it was a while ago, but we <laughs> did we did a whole uh, show on prayer. You know, what is it? How do I pray? Is there a, a right way and a wrong way to pray? And one of the most poignant parts of that episode is when you talked about, as soon as I realized that I could drop all pretense with God and bring him anything, and that's what we talked about with the children. We said, if you're mad, even if you're mad, Mm -hmm. talk, talk to God about it. If you're sad, if you're grieved, if you're happy and joyful and thankful, definitely talk to God. But particularly when life gives you lemons, as they say, yeah. and you are at your wit's end, God can handle that. In fact, he wants to because he is your father. Yeah. And that's just amazing. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people miss out uh, and can't quote unquote experience or understand or grasp the 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 words Jesus uses: joy, freedom, right, uh, fulfillment, because they believe they have to be a certain way before God, before he listens or answers. And so they're standing in their own way until you realize, as Peter confessed, Lord, you know everything already. I mean, just because I don't say it out loud doesn't mean that you you didn't hear it, right? Thomas found that out pretty quick. Sure. Well, and David, I think either in that psalm or the psalm a couple of yeah. a couple of psalms before that said, you know every word before it ever comes out of my lips. Yeah. So Folks, he knows everything. Yeah, and so, that should be a great comfort to us when, absolutely. when we see what he's done for us. And yes. That's what Jesus is communicating to Peter, because that's how he's going to feed and tend to Christ's sheep. Right. That That's what he's delivering, right? And Jason, you were spot on. Peter can't go out and proclaim and be an agent through whom Jesus gives his love and salvation unless Peter first receives it. And that's exactly what's happening here. Is and, that the directive, feed my sheep? I mean, at that point, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm still, um, you know, reading that. And, and I've read on, of course, but. Yeah, you got to go back to John 10, right? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. So he likens himself to a shepherd. And they're his sheep. They're not Peter's sheep, right? This is this is the difficult distinction. We talked a couple episodes about the pastoral office uh, a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. It, Pastors are put in charge of a flock, but it's not their flock. Right? They're, they're given the authority to be a shepherd, but they are not the shepherd. There's a distinction there. So Jesus is saying, Peter, if you're going to feed my sheep, you're, you're going to feed them with my food, which means you, you have to have it first. And, and I think ultimately we're talking about the word. Yeah, we're talking about two things that scream out in this passage. We're talking about law and gospel. Peter... You denied me three times. You cannot be saved by you, no matter how great you think you are. But secondly, I'm here. I forgive you, right? I know everything. I knew this. I told you before you denied me you were going to deny me, and I still paid for your sins. That's the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. So it's both of those things at once. That's what feeds the soul. And you, you can't be fed with just one of them. You have to have law and gospel. There's no good news without bad news, right? At least in this sinful world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? And Jesus gives us a great example of pastoral ministry. I had to write a pretty difficult text message today that took me hours to think through because you, you have to communicate to someone there is a right and a wrong, and the Lord says what this is and what you're doing is, is wrong, and you have to stop. But then you follow that up with the gospel that says, just stop and bring it to him, and he will restore you, right? Um, those two things are, are absolutely necessary in feeding our soul. And so often um, you get really one or the other, mm-hmm. right? It's all shaking the finger at you, and you have to be better for God. Or God loves everybody no matter what. There is no expectation. No, I think we see both here from from Jesus, uh, not only giving to his shepherd, uh, what he wants, but what he expects him to pass on to others. Well, and then he is very frank about what he can expect. Yeah, in verse 18, right, there's very little time in between this. We're not even told what reaction Peter has. I mean, I 
that's the part that I wish was put in there. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after Peter picked himself up off the floor, <laughs> um, but Jesus just launches in um, in verse 18 and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. That that sounds so. I read eighteen a few times ahead here, mm-hmm. and eighteen sounds really good until you get to where you do not want to go. Yeah, I, you're right, Jason. Right, you when you were a child, you dressed yourself and walked wherever you wanted, and then when you get to the second half of eighteen, it sounds like someone's caring for you, right? Yeah, you're old, <laughs> right? And, so, and and but then all of a sudden, you're going where you don't want to go. Yeah, that's. I was struggling with that uh, and wondering. Uh, I haven't read on to 19 yet, well, so I'm wondering if that kind of circles the wagon. This is exactly why we have this parenthetical comment from John. In verse 19, he says, This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Now, it's not telling us what kind of death as in how Peter died but that it would be martyrdom, essentially, is what it's saying. That you're going to be killed when you don't want to be killed. And what is in this, what's, what's the death over? You feeding my sheep. And so, look, if, if, you, if you don't surrender everything to me, there's no glorifying God in this, even in your death. So, Obviously, God allows for Peter to be killed when he doesn't want to be killed, Mm -hmm. uh, which must serve a purpose. Yeah. I mean, do do any of us want to die? No, and I'm glad you said that because I was sitting there thinking about, you know, well, ultimately, you know, from what I've learned so far, we're we're not, I mean, we're physically going to die, but uh, eternally we're going to live. Absolutely. Amen. And eventually, physically, we're going to live, too. Yeah, and this is why Jesus ends verse 19 by saying, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Right? Because that's life. Period. Follow me. I'm the one that's standing here before you with holes in his hands and his side and his feet. (laughs) The one who, by the way, Peter, I was hauled off to where I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. You're not going anywhere that I haven't already gone for you. Follow me, and the same result awaits you. Resurrection, eternal life, victory. Again, not because of you, but because of what Jesus has already done for us. Um, the, the follow me, the, these are words Jesus has spoken to Peter before, right? And I think Peter does have an idea, at least in his mind, of what it means to follow Jesus. He did it for three years. He saw some things that are frankly indescribable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was one of the ones on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. And, and, and here Jesus is at the end of his ministry saying those words again. So what might the expectation be is that following me isn't what you thought it was. And what did Peter think it was? the way all of us think following Jesus is by nature. A bunch of rules, a bunch of tasks. I have to be enough. I have to do this. I have to do that. No. 
this is why Jesus comes to Peter and lovingly but directly confronts him about everything he thought he could do and failed and says, that's not what it's about. That's about me. And when we do follow Christ, we can walk into whatever. And it doesn't mean we're not going to be afraid. I think you'd be foolish to think that even when it was time for Peter to die, he wasn't afraid. Right. Jesus doesn't remove fear by removing the things that make us afraid. He removes fear with the promise of his presence with us and his presence with us. And that's why he says, follow me. Well, you know, I was just sitting here thinking about fear of death. Mm -hmm. And I think in a very real way, at least for me, because I know Jesus and I know Jesus knows me, and I know I'm going to live forever with him, it's not necessarily the fear of the the death. It's the, it's the fear of how am I going to die? Right. <laughs> this is going to yeah. hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's you know, and we're we're caught in that uh, that struggle, that conflict, right? Um, that tension that Jesus talks about. That we're not of this world, but yet. And Jason, you brought this up earlier. You know, why did he tell Peter this? There's a reason for it. Yes, there is, because we have a purpose now. We're not just sitting on the bus bench waiting for heaven to come through and pick us up and go. Yes, it's a broken world. It's it's a nasty world. There's going to be bad things that happen to good people all the time, mm-hmm. right? And And especially believers because of our faith. But the alternative is this life is meaningless. No, it can have eternal purpose and consequence now, even even in the tragedy, because of what Christ has done and who we follow. Right? Well, in the and so the, the frustrating thing is that it's so easy for us to be complacent. It's so easy for us to find anything to do except for read our Bibles and sure. be in the Word and pray. And it's just even even as a Christian who Maybe you're one of the fortunate ones who have uh, was raised in a, a good, loving Christian home, and even you know, even now, it's still a struggle to, you know, get to know the one who made us, right. who made, who authored all of our days, and that's such a frustrating thing about being a sinner. Yeah, <laughs> is you know, it's like, why wouldn't we follow? Every single second of every single day, but our natural, even now, our natural tendency as a, a sinner saint is, you know, oh, I got to do this. I got to, I got something else to do. I'll get back to you, Jesus. Yeah. And you know, for me, that's a constant struggle. I, I hate it. Sure. But and I pray about it. But you know, it's why wouldn't we want to spend every single day? And the beautiful thing is, that's what we do have to look forward to in eternity. Right. Yeah, we have the same Lord who who comes to us today through Peter's, through pastors, to confront us with that. Right. Right? Is to say, look, there's really nothing more important. You're going to figure that out now, or you're going to look back and realize that's the that was the important thing the whole time. The expect the expectation isn't that we give X amount of hours or X amount of chapters a day to the Lord. Um, the expectation is that we live so many times, Jesus said this, he opened his ministry with it in repentance. That's bringing it to the Lord. You know everything. 
We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.